Blog Talk Radio. I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met. Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's not your mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the diamond cutter. Diamond cutter! Took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP Yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Well, well, well. Hello, my friends. Welcome to a brand new episode of DDP Radio live right here at DDPRadio.com. As always, my name is Michael D. Mullins. I am broadcasting live from the DDP Radio Megaplex in beautiful Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, I'm just going to cut this intro as short as possible because my throat's already losing my voice. So I'm going to beam myself up to the top floor of the top of the tallest building in all of Raleigh, North Carolina. And I look to the Great White North. And on the top of the mountain, on top of the mountain, on top of Mount Ontario, there is a cabin that is radiating inspiration, motivation, and life. And that cabin has a, uh, has a figure standing in the doorway. And that figure, Crystal Stewart, standing over the mountain, the army of quote writers just coming up with inspirational <laughs> lines for the show. And I connect my beam with her red eyes, and it, boom, blows up into the stratosphere, and that's how DDP radio, that's how the soft gets made. How are you, Crystal? <laughs> I'm good. I'm wondering how much cough medicine you've drank, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I haven't had any cough medicine, but it's been a long week because I've been um, I've been practicing for my uh, upcoming show. I'm a, uh, doing a one-man uh, tribute band of Wilson Phillips where I sing all the parts and I've been, uh, <laughs> been uh, about two weeks now of hardcore and then then we're going to start gigging If but unfortunately no one's booking me so we're going to have to figure that part out later but I will be, be singing someday <laughs> oh my goodness oh, maybe next even. week's show is Mike sings the entire Wilson Phillips back catalog <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, well, anyways, we started. We we went off the rails early tonight, so we can only go up from here. But how are you this week, Crystal? I'm good. So it's been a weird. I mean, the weather has been weird here to begin with. But we have friends that live in Nova Scotia, and they got slammed with snow. So as much as you know, I don't want the snow. Boy, oh boy. They got mountains of it, like five oh. feet of it. Yeah, it, it's tough there. I, my um, my uncle yeah used to own property in in uh, on Prince Edward Island up there, 
And uh, so it was beautiful, but he wouldn't go near oh, that yeah. place in the wintertime. <laughs> no, no. And, I mean, yeah. you know, it's so strange because we have none, so it it's bizarre. Yeah, it's it's almost like Canada is is a is a far you know reaching place. I assume that like if I meet someone from Canada, I'm like, you know, Crystal Stewart, <laughs> and they're like, no, Canada's pretty big, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a little huge, but whatever. <sighs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm glad you're enjoying a couple couple minutes without snow up there. So uh, that'll be it's a, a nice change for you guys. Um, we're going to bring on a guest here in just a minute and uh, and talk to him. Or it's a uh, somebody who's returning to the show, giving us a little update. I got to tell you though. So this past week, I went to. I haven't been to a wrestling show forever. Like to actually sit down and watch the matches. Like sometimes I'll go for like a certain event or something. But we had a, a big wrestling comp- uh, league. Uh, you know, an independent place who sold out like a really cool little venue down here. I'm like, you know what? It's five minutes from my house, and I'll check it out. And I went to the show, and I'm, you know, I'm the kind of guy when I was younger would try to get the best seats possible. And now I can't get farther. I don't want to be even close to remotely near anybody. I sit in the back to observe. And I tell you, I was walking by there, and there was DDPY shirt after DDPY shirt of people walking around, and it's it was so cool to see because you know you and I have been here back when this place was it wasn't even a place. It was just kind of a concept. And uh, to see just going out to a random wrestling show in Cary, North Carolina, and seeing all those DDPY shirts, it, it did my heart good. And, um, you know, this community has grown so much, and, and we have people coming on the show every week and telling their stories. And now we're at the point where we've got a lot of great stories coming back to loop around because it's been a little while since we've been able to talk to them. And this community we've built, it's you know, you see DDPY shirts in the wild now, and I think that's pretty awesome. And uh, I love sitting here and talking to people every week, you know, doing the show. And I know that you are so on top of it, and you're, you got your fingers on the pulse of what everyone's doing around here. And you're bringing around, once again, another story that we've talked to you before, but we're going to update on. So I'm going to have you uh, introduce who you've got lined up for us tonight, and I'm looking forward to a fun conversation. Sure. So this week, Mike and I welcome back a returning Warrior of the Week, Jeremy Landry. Jeremy's first appearance can be found in the archives if you would like to hear it. One thing I admire most about Jeremy is his fight and his willingness to pivot. His story is inspiring and proof that you can fight your way into different positive circumstances. This week, we update the story of a fighter and a friend. Welcome back to the show, my friend, Jeremy Landry. Hello. Hi, Jeremy. Hey. How are you? How are you, man? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Thank you for coming back and checking in with us. Um, As we spoke about just a minute ago, um, if you want to listen to Jeremy's whole uh, entire uh, story, go back in the archives. I highly recommend you do that. But for those people tuning in tonight, can you give us a cliff note version of how you got here, uh, where you started, what you did growing up, and, and what landed you in this place right now where you're one of the DDPY Warrior repeat uh, customers around here? Um, well, first, I, I want to say that I am one of those Maritimers that you guys were talking about that uh, received all that <laughs> smell. 
I live uh, on the on a border town to uh, Nova Scotia, and um, yeah, it sucks. It was not. It's not fun, but we're used to it. We it comes every couple of years, so it's uh, yeah. It can be fun when it stops, but um, yeah. So I guess uh, my story starts with um, addiction. Um, I had spent uh, the first twenty years of my adult life. Um, addicted to cocaine, alcohol, and crack, and pretty much any drug I could get my hands on, really. Um, just an addict in general. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, over the years, I would stop and continue, and I, I never really wanted to quit. So, you know, whenever I attempted, it was for someone else, uh, but never for myself. And then uh, finally, my third trip to <laughs> to rehab, um, something clicked, and it was it was time to to make a change. And uh, I went away to rehab, and I was able to come back home on the weekends to visit with my family, and then back to to rehab I would go. Um, so one of those weekends that I came home, I uh, just happened to watch the resurrection of Jake the Snake, and uh, it it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, um, the fact that, uh, Jake who had, you know, been around the block. Um, and, and, you know, I, I thought to myself that this guy's probably experienced a lot harder of a, of a life than I had lived. Um, and we shared so much in common with, uh, his trauma, his past childhood trauma and his drug of choice, which was crack, which as well was mine. Um, and and I just watched him and I cried and it was the hardest thing to get through. But, you know, I forced myself to, to watch it. It was almost like watching an episode of Intervention. It's like, it's a good reminder, but man, it's not a good place to be because, well, maybe it is. Um, but all that pain comes back because you never forget who you were or what you did while you were an addict. So um, watching Jake's story kind of put me in that place, but there was a glimmer of hope because I, I saw that he did it uh, with the help of Dallas and, and DDP yoga. So I knew that, you know, if this guy from my perception experienced worse uh, and could do it and was older and, you know, beat up his body and, and lived a life I could only imagine if he was able to do it, then there's no way that I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, so I, uh, I went back to rehab, and um, I think uh, that night I told my wife order uh, order the DVD set. Like this is this is my uh, my aftercare, um, which I learned in rehab that you needed uh, you needed a plan. You know you couldn't just go to rehab and go home and expect uh, everything to change you have to make the changes and you have to actively um, participate in your own sobriety. So uh, that was my plan. That was my only plan. I didn't, I couldn't think of anything else. I mean, there was a few things like, you know, people, places, and things delete all of them. Um, So, but that wasn't a plan. That was just something that I needed to do. But what was I going to do moving forward to help in my sobriety? So, I used DDP yoga as that aid. Um, and then, uh, you know, it gave me something to focus on because I, I did, I cut everything out of my life and everyone out of my life. And I, I locked myself in my garage 
uh, with a TV and a mat, and I just did it. I stuck to it, and I, I tied the two together, sobriety and DDP yoga, and I felt that if I didn't stay consistent with DDP yoga, then I would resort back to who I was before getting sober, and then everything would tumble down, right? It's not, it's not uh, a relapse um, that sends you back. It's what le- led you to the relapse is what sends you back. So I knew that I needed to stay focused and, and, and stay aware and stay on my toes and have something to, to achieve. And DDP yoga quickly became my, my addiction. I started to see all of the, the results and fairly quickly as well. Um, so I was starting to get self-confidence. I was, you know, DDP is huge on knowing your value and knowing your worth. And I took that message from doing this and, uh, I felt it, it became real. So uh, I, I put in the work, um, I, I did all my homework that, um, was sent home with me from rehab, um, I just did the DVDs. I wasn't on the the Facebook group at this point. Um, And then somehow I did come across it. And uh, I saw Justin Dobbins. And I saw that he lost, uh, you know, a ridiculous amount of weight, hundreds of pounds. Um, And and that inspired me to continue through the pain um, because it was was very difficult. Uh, I was just getting sober as I was losing weight so my emotions were you know up and down um and i just kept thinking to myself like okay jake beat his demons with this program and justin you know this guy's like almost seven feet tall he's a big dude he lost all of this weight doing this i'm like where i couldn't find any excuses because this guy did it and he lost all of that weight and even though this hurts and this sucks in this moment this guy did it and, you know, if that guy can do it with what he was working with and go through the, the pain and discomfort of, you know, holding those poses, um, then I can do it. And if Jake can get through his demons with it, then, then I can do it. So I, whenever I was having a difficult time with either of those parts of my life, I would literally just think of Justin doing these same stretches that I was doing that I thought I couldn't get through. And whenever my, you know, the thoughts of uh, regret, the, of remorse, of, you know, guilt, all of those things, um, I knew that that was the demons themselves pulling me back in. So, again, I was like, no, man, Jake had to deal with these, these issues, you know, and, and he did it. So, again, I can deal with these issues. So, uh, yeah, I just kept <laughs> putting in work. And then... Um, I got a phone call from Dallas. I ended up going down solo to uh, to check out the new jack straps that he had going, and uh, that was really nice because it was it was just me and and him. Um, I got to spend the weekend with him. I had supper at his house with his family. Like it was very intimate, and very nice. Um, and then that's when he told me that I'd be back uh, as a um, as a part of the. Uh, the Positively Unstoppable Challenge. Um, so the, I, I was in disbelief, and he said, we're bringing you and your wife back with the other, um, I don't want to say participants, but with the other uh, nominees, we'll say. Um, 
so again, disbelief, but uh, although it was in disbelief, I just, I went with it and I felt like I created it because I did everything that I set out to do from the day I went to rehab, I achieved and I've never set to accomplish anything, let alone achieve anything that I set out to do until I got sober. I just lived life the way it was and, and whatever it was, was what, what it was. So I started to make goals and I reached these goals. So everything good that was happening in my life, although I was in disbelief because I was getting a knife edge chop from Diamond Dallas Page, um, <laughs> I still knew that I did it. I, I was responsible for that. And uh, yeah, that was it. It was a runaway train. I just kept positive. I kept motivated. And um, I ended up winning uh, third place in the Positively Unstoppable Challenge and um, on top of the world. And thank you. And then, um, you know, after that was kind of difficult to deal with as well, um, because again, um, not to take anything away from anyone in the challenge or, or doing what they're doing um, because we all have our, our own struggles and, you know, they're all equal. But with, with myself, I can only speak for myself. Um, I had to change. I had to create a whole new being. So I'm learning how to be uh, a person uh, from scratch I didn't, I didn't take any of who I was with me when I got sober. So for the last four years, um, you know, I feel like I'm a four-year-old. I, I wiped the slate clean and I acted and became um, who I thought I could be. So um, when I was getting uh, um, messages, private messages, uh, you know, kind of, not really depending on me to, to help them, but it, it's what it felt like. It is it, very overwhelming because um, I felt obligated to help people who were reaching out. But at the same time, I had not a clue what I'm doing because I, I'm just creating this person. So it was its own um, mental uh, journey as well. That was very tough. Um, and then I, I ended up, figuring it out, I think, uh, how much I could give myself. And then I went back to focusing on uh, being healthy. Um, and then, uh, so here's the, here's the kicker. Um, I got down to 173 pounds, and I was in the best shape of my life. I ran my first 10K, and then two days later, while training MMA, I collapsed and had a cardiac arrest. So... Oh, um, yeah, I uh, the guys at um, the gym uh, were very fast thinkers. Um, they weren't sure if I had got caught in a chokehold or what was going on. That's what they thought immediately. But the guy I was uh, rolling with said, no, he was on top. I d didn't choke him. So they realized I what they thought was having a heart attack. So they uh, performed CPR on me and called the fire department and 911. Um, they came and had to use the defibrillator twice. Um, I was taken away um, to uh, St. John, which is a couple hours away. Um, and over a two-week period, I ended up having a double bypass. Uh, and 
sorry. It's it's been super difficult. <clears throat> sorry, it's been super difficult to to deal with because um, yeah, I was gone, you know, and I I did all of this work, and it was just it was gone. Um, I had just had a son. My son was only three months old. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it definitely messed with my mind. Um, and uh, so for the last year, uh, this was December 12th as well, December 12th of last year. Uh, they let me out of the hospital on December 23rd. And on um, Christmas Eve, I was at my in-laws um, having supper um, with the family. Um, so that was, that was tough in itself. But during that time, I couldn't do anything. Everything had stopped. Um, and I was, I was going every day. I was an animal. Um, and then it just stopped. And the only thing I had control over was eating. So in the past year... I've gained 50 pounds back of the 80 that I had originally lost. Um, and uh, I'm just, you know, I, I never stopped, though. I've always been going. I'm still going to jiu-jitsu. I'm still doing DDPY. I'm still lifting weights. Um, but it's different. Everything is different now. Uh, and I feel that this is more of a struggle than getting sober. I don't I don't have the um I don't have the belief in myself anymore. Uh I feel like I failed myself. Um but no matter how I feel right now, I know that <clears throat> this is the fuel that is going to uh feed the fire that is burning in me all the time. It never leaves. You know, it's only upsetting when I think about it. When I'm not thinking about it, I'm doing something about it. So um, it's a little slower this time, and it's a lot more difficult. But I, there's no doubt in my mind that not only am I going to be back to where I was before the cardiac arrest, but I'm going to blow that guy out of the water. <laughs> and that's wow. uh, yeah, that's how it's been. <laughs> oh man, well, man. First of all, I just want to say I, I'm I'm really proud of you for everything you have accomplished, even the past couple of years when things got hard. Hearing your perspective and hearing the way you talk about it, I don't hear a man defeated. I hear a man sidetracked, and and I can still hear that passion in your voice. That is such a heavy thing, and and honestly, I've known a lot of people who get sober and get their life in order, and that all the times they should have gotten their shit wrecked, they they were fine, and then they they make all these changes, and they they, they their best part of their life, and then life has this way of just bringing you to your knees every once in a while and it's always at the worst time but you know i just want you to know that like so many people have been in a spot where where they've got to fight back again after all the hard work and stuff and and i think your story is probably more relatable than not and you know now you got your son at an age where you can show him what true resilience is and and be an example for him and you know, fighting back from this is, is it ain't going to be pretty. It's not going to be fun. And, you know, everything that probably once came easy is a lot harder, which is discouraging. But, man, we're all we're, we're all behind you. And uh, you inspired me just telling telling me that story and, and telling me where you're at because, 
you know, a lot of us have been there. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, as far as, uh, showing my son, this kid's 18 months old and is doing push-ups with me. He, uh, after I get done doing the bench press, he jumps up on the bench and starts doing chin-ups. So, and even yoga, man, he's doing the downward dog. He's loves my heavy bag. He's 18 months and hitting the pads already punching. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I, I'm very aware that this guy's watching me, and and I hope that uh, you know I can keep doing what I'm doing, so he he does see that. Well, I mean, good for you, man, and, and that takes a lot of. I mean, you know, it takes a lot to admit that things got hard because a lot of times in this community, uh, you you kind of put your best face forward. You know, you try to show all your victories, my best pictures, my best poses, my best. You know the one the one picture out of seven where I don't look fat, and but it, it's very it's hard to be truly vulnerable in in a place like this and, and just kind of go there. I mean that hard. I mean that's a very serious thing that happens to you, and to think that now is where it, when it happens. You know you said you were you struggle with crack and cocaine and all that stuff. Like then I can understand yeah. it, but now that's a real yeah. kick in the pants sometimes and. It's got to yeah. mess with your, uh, your, uh, you know, y- like you said, you don't have the confidence. Like it, you've got to be undermining yourself and like wondering like, well, I did all of this work and now this comes along. It's got to be kind of a head scratcher. And well, the, the other thing is that, uh, like I said, I tied DDP yoga and my sobriety together at that time. Um, and, uh, you know, in my mind at that time, my life depended on it because if I didn't get sober, stay sober, um, then I wasn't going to be around. Uh, so that's how important DDPY was because I knew that if it didn't work, it was over for me. Um, so I was literally doing it for my life. But this time, there's, I don't have a, I'm not questioning my sobriety. So I don't have the same dog in the fight. Like I know that my sobriety <clears throat> Uh, doesn't depend on getting back in shape, right? I'm not fighting for my life now, you know? So it's, it's different. It's, it's uh, because before it was just like automatic, the switch was on and it was go time. And now, uh, you know, all of everything that's happened is, is weighing me down. It's keeping me from uh, focusing on, on going forward. You know, it's like questioning everything now and, and it's, uh, I'm an emotional wreck, uh, whereas before it was like, look, you're going to do this or you're going to die. There was no – I didn't debate anything. I was just like, get up, go. And now it's, you know, hard to get out of bed. I mean, it's it's really very difficult when your life is black and white choices like that because all of a sudden once you come through all of that and you realize that yeah, wait a minute there's a whole world of color waiting for you and then you don't know how to react to the color yeah. does that make sense yeah absolutely and i mean and i think sorry go ahead no i was just going to say i think one of the greatest things about your story is just because you fall into a rut doesn't mean you unpack your bags and furnish it. Absolutely. I think, right? um, well, that's, that's, that's not in me. I've, I've never, 
you know, again, since making this change and becoming who I am, um, I said this uh, at the uh, on my video that uh, that DDP Yoga made. Um, you know, as long as there's a breath in you, you can change your story, and, and that's true. You know, so I can't. I'm I'm not a hypocrite. I, I remember no. everything. You know, I remember the bad and I remember the good, and I remember uh, all the things I told myself while I was kicking ass. You know, and uh, I wouldn't be it wouldn't be right if I didn't uh, you know listen to myself or believe myself. So, yeah. I don't know. When I was doing research on you, and boy, have I done my homework. I took a deep dive on you the first time around. This time around, I because we're friends, I I was aware of of a lot of stuff that had happened. Since the last show, I've been keeping tabs on you, so to speak. And I came up with this thing, um, this saying when I was writing up your story for this week's show, that challenge breeds champions. And I mean, I can't think of, I can't think of any other way to describe you. To me, you're a champion. And I mean, I mean, I, I can't think, I don't wish for your challenges to be taken away because through you, I have learned a lot about myself and I, I will never be able to thank you for that because in you, I see strength and that gives me hope. And I need you to know that because I know how hard it can be. Who I'm getting emotional. Um, I'm grateful for you and I'm thankful. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I mean, that's what it is about, right? Yeah. Giving, giving back. And I mean, even if it's just by sharing your story, there's someone that can reach. And, and I, I agree with you. I, I've come to learn that I, am the best version of myself when I'm fighting. And that was a, yeah. that was a hard pill to swallow because I, I'm so tired. I didn't want to fight anymore. And then as soon as I stopped fighting, you know, that's when I'm back down to, you know, just feeling the way I feel. Um, so I, I, I think I've accepted that uh, these are the cards that I was given is that, you know, I, I do need that. And, you can look at it however you want. It's either well, that's unfortunate or it, it is what it is. And like you said, uh, challenges breed champions. So, um, you know, I'll take that role as long as <laughs> yeah, I, someone sees it and, and it helps them. I grew I, um, up with someone, Jeremy. Sorry. I, sorry. Um, I grew up with um, a fighter. Um, Jeremy, and he told me when I was going through one of the hardest times in my life um, that's kind of saved me when things have gotten kind of hard and, you know, your brain gets going a million miles a minute. And he always kind of said to me, um, no matter how bad it may seem, always remember that your muscles have memory. Mm Mm-hmm. So you're never without your strength. You just need to reconnect with it sometimes. 
And and like anything, I mean, you got to put in the work, you know, and, and that's what I'm finding difficult right now is just putting in the work because, again, my, I'm just thinking about it too much. Um, something that I succeeded in before was uh, I going to jiu-jitsu. Um, I've been in it for a little over three years now, and uh, I would drive, um, you know, 45 minutes in a snowstorm, um, leave my house at 5 a.m. to to go do jujitsu for an hour, uh, just get beat up. Um, but it was, there was no thought. It was just as soon as I had consciousness, I opened my eyes and put my foot out of the bed, got dressed and left. You know, that's the, that's how I uh, succeeded. Um, and again, you know, that's where I, I plan on getting back to is the, you know, eating these, these thoughts and just do the action because uh, unless you do the work, you know, it's, you're not going to see change. Changes aren't going to happen. So uh, I'm just thankful to be aware of that this time around. Uh, it's a couple of years ago, you know, I had a, a pretty significant medical event and, and I too gained a, a so much weight and my, I relate to this so much because I, when I got back into doing things, I was so aware that my health was fragile that I overthought everything I did. To in your mind, you start you know how your body works now, so your heart rate starts racing. You pick up on it. You you start getting you feel a weird sensation in your foot. You pick on it. You become so aware of everything that you do, and it becomes <laughs> crippling to you. And I I've gotten to a point now where things are a little more automatic on the mat again. But I went through that for a long time, and I couldn't tell you how I got out of it except for just re, just putting in the time. The even when it's you know it became a hassle, it became hard work to do it for a while. But eventually it comes back in in that rhythm. But that anxiety you get from a, an event like that, you know, a, a significant medical event it messes with your head. It does. It takes yeah. a long time before you start feeling confident in your every, every step almost. Absolutely. I, I do. You, you hit the nail on the head with, as far as anxiety goes, um, my skin like burns. I've never ex- experienced, even when I got sober, it's like I, I didn't, I'm having like hot flashes now. It's, it's crazy. And I, I know that it's, it's myself, um, and I, I don't know why uh, I'm doing it because I, I'm aware that I'm the one that's creating this anxiety, but, you know, I still haven't been doing it. But I, I think, again, by doing, by getting into the routine of uh, DDP yoga and the re- routine of, um, you know, 6 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, then then it's just a waiting game, right? You're putting in the work and then you just <laughs> wait to see the results. It's it's a pain in the ass for a while. It really is because but it used been. to be so automatic. Yeah, and you know you you really got to work on putting making it a habit and just getting your reps in, and eventually it'll come back. But that process of this is hard work now for me to do what once was just my yeah. automatic. It's 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 a difficult process, and you know I'm I'm still not there all the time. You know. The anxiety stuff, I never had anxiety in my life. And after I got sick, I started having those anxiety stuff. And they're very physical. You know, they're not like mental, like I'm imagining this. They're actual physical symptoms that you feel and, you you know, your body and your, you know, physiology all, you know, 
demonstrates. But the weird part to me is they would come when I'm not even stressed, when I'm not even sad, when I'm not even angry or grumpy, like I'm having a good time and and it would hit out of nowhere. And that's what's frustrating because it's like if I could understand my anxiety hitting if I'm having like a horrible day or a, a stressful time, but man, it would come out of nowhere. So then you're acutely aware of that anxiety. So you try to avoid it by trying to like, convince yourself not to have anxiety attacks, but then it, that ultimately creates, it's, it's a vicious, vicious cycle. And it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. really just crippling. Do you have any uh, coping mechanisms for that? No, <laughs> I don't, I don't mm. see. I, I wish I had some kind of answer and, and if you got something, let me know. But I think just being more familiar, like, you know, getting back into life because I let it put me on the sidelines for a while. And then, and then once you're on uh, willing to accept the sidelines, you get comfortable there. Um, I never, yeah. I never took medication. Yes, exactly. I, I, I didn't go the medication route. Not that I'm against it. I just, I just never, you know, went that route, but eventually I just got more used to being participating in life again. And after a while, less and less, uh, still have some stuff every once in a while, but, it's just, I think it's all about just getting familiar, being you again. I think that's where I, find, I have a challenge is that like being me again is this new person, right? So I don't have a lot to work with as far as uh, familiarity with who I am. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And, and, you know, you've had to strip yourself down a few times over the years to, you know, become who you were to ultimately became. So it's, you know, you don't want to lie back on who you were, but also don't want to like, you know, just it's, it's a difficult process. And I don't think anyone can tell anyone how to, to fix it. It's one of those things that, you know, I guess every person's different, but I can understand how that would be kind of very difficult. Yeah. But I mean, I, I still have confidence in myself that uh, I'll figure it out. You know, I'm as again as much as it sucks right now, and the way I'm feeling, and the way I, I feel about, uh, you know, the weight gain, and you know, because I'm still somewhat active, but um, I I don't for one second doubt that I'll figure it out. You know, it's just it's just sucks right now, <laughs> but I have confidence that I'll be able to find my way out of it, and you know. It is what it is. I guess we all go through these these times in our lives that, you know, we have to put up or shut up, right? I mean, I think that's one of the hardest things about having, you know, trauma or a past or whatever. It's not easily outrun. You can't outrun it ever. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I think well, – for me, I can only speak for me. I think it was really, really hard to come to terms with that because I, it is so widespread and it's still ongoing. So it, it, you know, it just, it's like a giant octopus. It'll pull you in. So I had to find the calm in the storm and, you know, journaling helps. And when I mean journaling, I mean writing and leaving everything behind. And when I'm on the mat, you commit to that fully, which I know you do. But 
right? I just, there's an overhaul of a life that you, you know, there's, there's certain parts that you're willing to burn and then there's certain parts that you want to come back to life and light on fire yeah. and be so exciting. And it just, it, it doesn't come easy for some of us. And you know what? That's okay too. We just have to make peace with it. Right. Absolutely. I, um, I, I think that peace for me is just the, the confidence in knowing that, you know, it will pass, I guess, um, yeah, I've used that that thinking um, for my uh, emotions before. You know, uh, obviously I have PTSD, um, but uh, you know when those when those moments come uh, again, I, I learned this through sobriety is that they'll pass, and I can distinctly remember it going from like seven days to like five days to three days to once every couple of days, you know, and then it was like, wow, it does pass. And those times of depression um, that pass, you know, I, I took note of every time. And like, I'm not exaggerating. I'm telling you specifically how many days, because I know this because I counted them. I knew how many days I was in depression. And then as time went on, those days were getting shorter and I noticed them and I, yeah. I would count them. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, so it, it, it yeah, has. I, I think there's something to be said, too, with turning off your brain at times. And, and it, probably every psychiatrist in the world will tell me this is exactly the wrong way to do it, so don't take my word for anything. But in, when a lot of times when I get in those patterns, I try to search for the fix or try to figure out what's wrong with me or, or kind of like investigate or, or research or look things up. And that became so in my head at all times, you know, when you're trying to get over something like this and when you're trying to fit yourself, sometimes less thinking and more just living and then let the pieces in your life fall into place, let you figure out who you are authentically instead of trying to create the version of you. That's not this. I think sometimes right. We, we are so in our head about what's wrong with me that we're never focusing on who or what am I in a way. Right. But, yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, I, like I said, don't take my advice about anything because I have no idea what I'm talking about. But I, I did find out in my own life that I had to turn my brain off sometimes. I just had to stop trying to think about this or how to fix it or what to do and just kind of let the pieces fall into my life, you know, into, into place again. I, I think for myself, um, you know, I've always overanalyzed everything, including my own existence and, and what I'm doing, always observing as well. And, um, you know, that's something like, like you said, shut off the brain. Um, man, if I can figure out how to do that game over, yeah, that's that's definitely something that I I strive to to figure out because I, I've also come to realize that all the stuff I'm analyzing, overanalyzing, and thinking about is nothing that either I I have I don't have any control over or it's stuff that's just 
so insignificant in the grand scheme of things. But here I am, you know, thinking all of these these thoughts and trying to figure shit out that, um, you know, doesn't need to be figured out, really, at, for the time being anyway. So uh, I, I, mean, I hope to get there. I mean, one of the biggest moments of clarity that I've ever had in my life and that's really saying something is, and you know this, you live in a cold climate too. So uh, when I was a kid, I was having a, a really hard time with just some of my circumstances and I fell through the ice. And when my body hit that water, I forgot about everything that was going on. And I simply reverted to, oh, my God, I'm freezing. And how am I going to get out of this? That'll do it. Yep. <laughs> that, that'll, that'll, that'll sober you up real quick. Yeah. Lack so of a better term. Cold water therapy but, uh, might be a good thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure there's something to that, too, because, you know, when – Sometimes, you know, they say with anxiety, the rubber band trick, you know, when you start having those obsessive thoughts or like, you know, where you're, you're in that pattern of destruction, there's a, a method where you actually flick a rubber band on your arm every time you think it, and it interrupts the, yep. the, the thought process. So I'm sure the shock of the cold water, there's something to that, like mm-hmm. just, you know, rocks your system and kind of, you don't have time to be anxious when you're, when you're in, a, in an ice fishing hole in, in, in Nova Scotia. But um, yeah, I, 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 I didn't think of that. I, I you know, I, I thought of that kind of uh, more so for the physical body. But you're right; that would really snap snap you out of whatever you were dwelling on pretty quickly. <laughs> so the so, moral of the story is: find the nearest ice hole. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. you don't even have to do it on a lake. I mean, you can just put down to your shorts and then go jump in the snowbank. God knows you have enough snow. Just yeah. it is one of those things, right? So what I have done since then, because I don't really I'm not so mobile anymore, but um so what I have learned is that um, submersing my face in ice cold water? That that's a big thing. So you know, you fill a sink full of ice cold water with ice cubes, and you stick your face in it, and you hold your breath. And I'm telling you, there's something to it. I don't know what the science is, but I'm telling you, when your heart is suddenly in your feet, um, yeah, it kind of changes the perspective of everything. I. Uh... That's something that uh, I would definitely be into as well. Again, for for me, it's like uh, the information's there, but I'm not in a place where I can. Well, I I guess when are you ever going to be in a place to take that step? Right. You know. So yeah, you just got to do it. But I I think that that cold therapy would uh, be right up my alley. Can I ask you a question, Jeremy? Certainly. Um. Were you going to be ready to do DDPY when you first started, or did you just do it? Um, well, again, at, at that at that time when I first started, it was my lifeline. So there was right. no I 
there was no like the question of even being ready wasn't there it was my life depended on it from my perception my perspective um so i really i i was on autopilot for the first two years of sobriety where there was no i didn't even let like emotions come in i didn't i didn't deal with any of my uh drama nothing i just focused i was on autopilot the only things that I was concerned about where uh, what was in the four walls of my house and that was it. So that's why I find it difficult right now, I guess, because I, I didn't have to um, take that step. It was just go. And now I'm in a position where it's like, okay, (laughs) you gotta, you gotta do something here. Okay. So I'll stop you right there. So if everything is an autopilot thought and you feel, you know, kind of stuck or jammed up or, you know, things are different than what, how you want them to be, mm-hmm. go jump in a snowbank. <laughs> funny, funny story. Uh, January 2nd, I missed January 1st, but January 2nd, I went and jumped in our lake. It was therapeutic. It was it was cold, yeah. but I wasn't in there long enough to to feel it. <laughs> I jumped in and jumped right out, but yeah. um, it, it was uh, it was more um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was more ceremonial, I guess, for me than therapeutic. Uh, but that was important as well. Um, even though I might not feel the same as I did when I was doing these things before, I think it's important not to lose them. You know, uh, I have to alter them, but I I succeeded with the blueprint that I had. So I think, you know, as long as I continue, because that's something that I, I did before the cardiac arrest. I, no problem, um, you know, jumping into lakes in uh, January. Um, but again, like it's <laughs> it's just it's different. It's different now. Are are you one of sorry. those guys that? Oh, I'm sorry. No, continue, please. Oh, I, I had nothing. <laughs> oh, I, I was just going to say, are you one of those guys that, you know, you talked about how, you know, you were on the way out if you continued your lifestyle and that DDPY and the sobriety were tied together with a lifeline. And now that you feel you're you're comfortable in your sobriety, are you one of those guys that you find it hard to commit to something all in without the wolf on your over your shoulder? You know, there's that old line that, you know, it's easy to be hungry when you ain't got shit to lose. You know, do you find that you 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 are finding it hard to find that motivation when you feel comfortable in your sobriety and you don't feel like that's hunting you down? Absolutely. That's um but I think that was brought on um by the cardiac arrest. Uh, like um I wasn't able to do anything for the first six weeks and then uh, six months after that. But after four months, I went back to, to work anyway because I, I, I kept going. But um, I, I think that created um, that guy because now I, I don't have any excuses. I'm all healed up. And, uh, you know, it's like, why am I not doing this? Um, so I, I absolutely, I think that, I need um, that in order to to go. Yeah, 
I, I'm an addict, you know, and I'll always be an addict. So everything's, I guess, a side side note. I'm also bipolar, so um, everything is extreme. It's it's all or nothing, right? So um, if I'm not, you know, fighting for survival, then what's what's the point? And and I I, I don't believe that, but unfortunately, that's my truth, right? Like that's how I operate and. I wish sometimes that it wasn't that way. I wish I could just putt along at 60. I I would give anything to be able to putt along at 60, but I can't. I, you yeah, know what though, Jeremy? I, I I don't I don't think I don't think that would be you. No. No, because I think you'd be bored with puttering at 60, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. I, but, but I, again, that's why I'm in such a, a horrible spot right now because it was taken out of my control um, with the cardiac arrest. Like I, I couldn't go, you know, I had to go 20 and now here's a, a year has passed of, you know, going 20 and now I'm in that position where I'm miserable because, uh, you know, I'm just now getting to that spot where it's like, Back to 100. My my mind is like I'm fed up. I'm ready to go full full tilt, you know. But <laughs> my body is back is still at at 20 <laughs> percent from from no. sitting on my ass for this past year, right? So my body is still at 20, and my mind now is like, let's go. But I'm <laughs> I'm back it's, at the the physical beginning. It's super difficult. It's it's a hard place to reckon mentally, and it's something that I really had to kind of uh, come to terms with because when, when I gained all that weight back and got sick, I was so used to working at a level where I was like, I'm doing 60 minutes workouts that once I started doing like just a, a 10 minute workout to start, it felt like I wasn't doing anything and I was getting nothing out of it. But it's, it's something you, it's going to have to, it's square one. You've been there before you stripped yourself down before you got to come to terms that in order to get, you know, to where you were, you got to start where you are. And it's not, yeah. it's easier said than done to reckon that, but it's going to be a self-discovery oh, process. And No, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and it's, it's soul crushing. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to have you come back and check in with us, you know, a few months down the line and see where you're at, because I don't think, I think your story is very relatable. And I, I could have talked to you for two hours about it tonight if we weren't going to get kicked off of blog talk in a minute, but. <laughs> I, I really am. I'm, I'm so interested in your story because I relate to it and I see parts of myself in you. And I think that a lot of people could, uh, could benefit from following along with you is it's, it's, it's an important conversation to be had. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. And I appreciate uh, you guys having me on so that I can share it. Um, and hopefully, uh, yeah, the next time that we, we speak, I'll be able to say, I told you so. <laughs> no, I, I, I love it, and and I I believe in you too, man. I think I think you're gonna I think you're gonna be all right. It's gonna take some time, and and it's not gonna be fun, but you'll get there. And, and you got a lot of reasons to be there. You got you got your son now, and and just you know that right there. You know that's that's your reason for waking up every morning and putting the work in right there. He's so adorable. He's yeah. so adorable. <laughs> He's a handsome little little bugger. <laughs> Congratulations, man. And, uh, you, you know, much. not to, not to, to be like this, but like, 
you know, you got a little emotional. Crystal got him a little emotional, and I'm here leading the interview. Oprah Winfrey, eat your heart out. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thank you, man. We appreciate it, and we'd love to have you come back in and check in with us down the line as well. And uh, great conversation. Great talking with you again. You as well. Thank you, guys. Oh, no problem. Thank you. All right. And we always wrap this up with uh, the Canadian quilt master herself, Crystal Stewart, firing off off into next week with a a quote of the week. So let's do that before we get booted. And uh, we'll head on out. So this week's quote is, it just seems incredibly fitting. It's from Rocky Balboa. And the quote is, going in one more round when you don't think that you can, that's what makes all the difference in your life. I love it. Rest in peace, Apollo, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no that was a bummer. That was a bummer. But um, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you, uh, Jeremy, for uh, for coming on again. I can't wait to talk to you guys again. Uh, hopefully sometime soon. So we'll, we'll definitely try to get you back on here and uh, have a great week, everybody. Uh, make sure you guys stay warm up there in Canada and uh, make sure if you're going to jump into an ice hole, you bring a fl- you bring some flotation devices with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you guys soon. Have a great week. And uh, yeah. we're out. Kicked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. The power bomb set up by Page. Oh! He's in a diamond cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond cutter out of the power bomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work, and most importantly, own your life. This has been a of DDP Yoga and Blog Talk Radio. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.